This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and the Ambassador coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Oh, wow, you compared yourself to an ambassador at the UN. Yeah, it kind of worked. It kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> um, it may have worked more than this. Mike Tannenbaum blew up the internet yesterday. <laughs> ESPN uh, NFL front office insider on Get Up gave a suggestion for where Russell Wilson should go uh, next. I think he would actually be a great fit with the New York Jets, and here's why. Oh, my gosh. Why do you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. <laughs> I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. So if you're, if you're Russell Wilson and you don't yeah, get – no uh, early, Mike. Hey, Bart, if you, but if, where, where else is he going to go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all times and then be a free agent again? Yeah, so, okay, there's actually logic behind this, but just not with the names used. Like, the Jets do need a good backup quarterback. Wilson does need a good landing spot. Uh, this marriage doesn't make sense. Like, I think no. there's a better chance of Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas having lunch and hanging out <laughs> than there is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson uh, pairing up to be the depth chart at the quarterback position and for why the New is York that? Jets. Why is that? I think if you just read enough between the tea leaves on this and go search for the quotes about each other with those two guys, they're not um, best of friends. Got it. So, so we want to put Russell Wilson back with Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> we want to do that again? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm so confused with what Mike T is talking about. I mean, didn't we see that disaster play out in 2022? We did. What about that would be different with the New York Jets, which is a more dysfunctional franchise by far in comparison to the Denver Broncos? I just, it, it makes no sense. Now, here's what I will say. Russell Wilson is going to make a lot of sense for a team that's quarterback needy just because there are never enough quality quarterbacks to go around, and the Denver Broncos are on the hook for $39 million to Russell Wilson this year. Mm. When you consider the option bonus and his base salary, it's $39 million that he's got coming to him from the Denver Broncos no matter what. So what does that mean? Russell Wilson can sign with another team on the cheap take the league minimum for veterans, which is like a million bucks, and allow his team the cap flexibility to surround him with a lot of talent on that roster, which allows that team to compete. Russell Wilson is not the quarterback that we once remember in his prime in Seattle that was leading the Seahawks to championships. This is a different quarterback, but I think if he has that level of awareness and embraces that, he could put himself in a situation where the team he's on going into 2024 is poised to go on a deep playoff run. That, that's the stakes for Russell Wilson. I think things can change dramatically for him in terms of the perception about who he is as a player in league circles. You're right. He's, he's not the same quarterback. And that's another reason why I don't think that what Mike T was throwing out there would work 
is because I, even though I get where he's going with this, that, yeah, he could make sense for the Jets in a lot of different ways, I can't see Russell Wilson agreeing to be a backup anywhere. Can you guys? No. Mr. No. Unlimited, Mr. Give Me My Own Office, I want to be the star of the show. I cannot see him going anywhere where he would have to be, play second fiddle to anybody, especially defer to Aaron Rodgers. I don't see it at all. Well, well Smalls, here's the thing. He doesn't have to be. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even going through the teams, but off the top of my head, Russell Wilson would be a clear and obvious upgrade for at least a dozen teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, some of those teams are going to take quarterbacks at the top of the draft this year, but again, there are not enough quarterbacks to sit in all of the chairs once the music stops. So Russell Wilson is certainly going to be a a viable option for a team that is looking for a quarterback. Say, for instance, the Atlanta Falcons. They're flush with talent on both sides of the ball. They just don't have a quarterback. Between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, I don't think either one of those guys is getting it done. And listening to what their general manager, Terry Fonoa, said this offseason, they're going to explore every option when it comes to the quarterback position and being able to upgrade. So that's a spot that you look at. The Tennessee Titans, post-Ryan Tannehill, what are they going to do with a new head coach in Brian Callahan? Russell Wilson makes a lot of sense there as a bridge between where you're at now and your future franchise quarterback. So there are, there are places around the NFL where there are teams that might not be in within striking distance of the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft class that would consider a veteran option on the cheap like Russ. I am so happy you're saying what you're saying about Russell Wilson because the three of us had battles last year about how good he was or was not, right? And I think like any other player in sports or any other employee at a business, value comes into play how much they make, and how much they produce. And I think for the two of you, understandably so, his enormous number was hard to get over relative to the value he provided. And I get that. That makes sense because it means you can't get guys elsewhere. But at a million dollars or two million dollars a year, you're looking at basically what Cam Newton was for New England a couple of years ago. How do you not sign up for that? I'm so happy, CeCe, you're saying what you're saying because there's been this narrative over the last 24 to 48 hours as if this guy doesn't have a place in the NFL. And in what world would a guy that has played the way he played last year not have a place in the league? I mean, our buddy Dan Graziano said on Get Up yesterday, it's more likely that he's sitting with them on Get Up next year than he is in the NFL. And I don't understand that. He is a starting quarterback in this league he may not be a starter for the next five years for the same team but currently he is a starting quarterback in the league and if wherever Justin Fields goes right meaning someone doesn't get him Pittsburgh Atlanta etc how is Russell Wilson for a million or two million dollars not a great value and where I think it, it the team that I think should go after him I know they're not going to but the team that I think makes the most sense to go after him is his hometown team the Carolina Panthers. I think he should be the, the Kurt Warner to Eli Manning there, and they should say to him, listen, we're bringing you in because Bryce Young was not ready to play last year, and we want you to be the bridge guy, and at any given point, we could pull the plug on you and maybe trade you somewhere else, and the head coach, Dave Canales, is somebody that he worked with in Seattle. I wish that could happen for Bryce Young's sake. It's not going to happen, but I'd be stunned if Russell Wilson was not a starter in the league this year. Stunned. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I mean, Bryce Young was the number one overall mm-hmm. pick, and yep, you decided that you were going to start him day one. Yeah. You can't walk that back in year two. It makes it feel as if the organization has lost confidence in him. Yeah. And after getting beaten up his rookie year, I don't know that Bryce psychologically could recover from that. I, you, I don't, you're I don't, right. I, I'm not suggesting, CC it's going to happen. I'm just saying I wish in a perfect world somehow it could. Yeah. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think it needs to in order for Russ to have a starting job. I'm just sitting here running through the teams that Russ will be an upgrade over what they currently got at quarterback. The New England Patriots, yes. the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. uh, the Tennessee Titans, Maybe. The, Las Vegas Ra- the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't see that one. No, I, you, you cannot see it, but he's an upgrade over whatever they oh, have yeah. on their roster yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, yes. the Seattle Seahawks. I, now, uh, now, wait, stop there for a second. Stop there for a second. That's the most interesting one, CeCe. I think that makes a lot of sense. There's like a lot of talk that maybe they wouldn't do it. They could probably get value for Geno Smith somewhere, cut their number, and get him a quarterback for a million dollars in Russell Wilson. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably right. But, I mean, I'm just going through all of the different teams. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, here's the other one that I think is the Washington Commanders, obviously. I think over Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson will be an upgrade in New York. I'm just thinking about the teams. An interesting one. Mm-hmm. How about the Minnesota Vikings That's if they don't the, resign Kirk Cousins? Love it. Good one. Love it. How about the Minnesota Vikings? If Kirk Cousins wants $45 million a year, you know, 90 to 100 million in guarantees, coming off of an Achilles injury, his age 35 season, why wouldn't you take a stab at Russell Wilson where he could potentially only cost you a million bucks and Love you it. could use the cap space that you have? And allocated to different areas of your team. Let's do it, including di- including taking care of Justin Jefferson. I, I could not agree with you more, but I want to put you guys' feet to the fire on this. Here's your option. I'm going to use a number that Nuno, our producer, threw out to me this morning: three year, one twenty guaranteed for Kirk Cousins. If you're Minnesota, all of it guaranteed, or let's say a one year with incentives up to ten million dollar deal for Russ. Where are you going? Kirk Cousins all day. CC. You said a three-year deal for Kirk? Three, 120 guaranteed, or a one, let's call it up to 10, kind of with incentives or whatever it is. So you're saying, you're saying Kirk... So, so $40 million a year for Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Easy, done. Yeah. Done. All guaranteed? Yeah, that's fine with me. He, he, I, think, I think you start getting yourself in trouble when it gets to 45, 46, 47 let's million. Let's call it 45 then. 45 a year, all guaranteed for three years. You're still going Kirk Cousins, Smalls? I mean, that's a tougher pill to swallow, but I think he's a better quarterback if these are my two options. And I see what he means to that team and that franchise. When he got hurt in his absence, you saw the way they rallied around him. That means something to me. The way he has synergy with their head coach, that means something to me. So even if I have to overpay a little bit for Kirk Cousins, I I would take that route over Russell Wilson. Yeah, but if Russell Wilson only cost me a million dollars on a veteran minimum <laughs> deal, I, I have a hard time turning that down. I have a hard time turning that because that gives me a lot of flexibility in terms of what I could do with the rest of that roster. In Minnesota, let's face it, they got a lot of team needs. I mean, a lot of needs. So, I mean, it becomes an interesting conversation, but that's the thing. It's not cut and dry when it comes to Russell Wilson. And I think he's going to have something to say about what – the balance of power looks like in the NFL because there's going to be a team that misses out on the quarterbacks at the top of this year's draft. There's going to be a team that misses out on the Justin Fields sweepstakes as well, and they're going to pivot. And you know what? Of the options that they would be pivoting to, Russell Wilson on the cheap seems like it'd be a pretty viable path to them being a postseason contender. CC, I just want to follow up on one other thing. You said Daniel Jones. Yeah. So if you're the Giants and there's a way out of Daniel Jones and you can get Russ for that number, because you know he would love to be in New York. I mean, that, would, it, that seemingly was where he wanted to go from the get-go was to play for the Giants. Yeah. That, you're doing that if you're the Giants. Well, I don't know that the Giants are going to be able to wiggle out of the Daniel Jones contract. Right. I don't think there's a lot of appetite for teams to be trading for him, and they can't <laughs> cut him until after the 2024 season. 
based on the structure of the deal. So, yeah, I think Russell Wilson represents an upgrade. Do I think it'll happen? No. And like I said, there are other teams that I listed of that dozen or so um, of squads where it's probably not going to happen for one reason or the other. I'm just painting the picture because people have speculated as to whether or not the NFL has passed Russell Wilson by. And I'm here to say, based on what I saw last year, Russell Wilson still has a lot to offer somebody, especially if you're only paying him a couple of million bucks. I totally agree. And there's, there's other situations that may be a little bit more blasphemous to say that if you said to me, I could have this quarterback at a huge number or this quarterback at Russell, uh, Russell Wilson's number at a million or two, I would take – like, I'm sorry. If you said to me Tua at $40 million or Russell Wilson at $2 million with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. I just am. And that's not a knock on Tua. It's an enormous number for one guy and a tiny number for another guy. And here's the thing. Based on the version of Deshaun Watson that we've seen in Cleveland. Another one. Good one. Are, are you going to tell me that Russell Wilson wouldn't be an upgrade over that? At that know. number, if you could – theor- we're playing the theoretically if you could free up the other number. Yeah. Like, well, you can't – even if you can't free up the other number. <laughs> it still if Russell Wilson's only costing yeah. me a million dollars, then that means instead of having $46 million – in my quarterback room, I got 47. Okay, that's fine. If, 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 if the guy I bring in this offseason, Russell Wilson, is better than the guy that was supposed to be the starter three years ago, I'm, I'm fine with that. I totally agree. Totally. Russell Wilson should take the anti-approach of every negotiation. He should go to the lowest bidder. He should say, I want to go to the lowest bidder because that means I'm going to play the most and resurrect my career where some of these teams may say, well, we got Deshaun Watson at this number. We got Daniel Jones at that number. So what? If Russell Wilson's going to pay you to play, take him. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio 
Ah, yes. It is unsportsmanlike. I just get hit you with the CC. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. You hear that music, you know we're about to talk about something NFL-related. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Chris Canty and Evan Cohen. And guys, we were just talking about Russell Wilson and potential landing spots for him if he moves on from the Denver Broncos. And there are a lot of teams out there that are in need of a quarterback. So we're going to run through some of them, and I want you to tell me what the best and worst-case scenarios are for these teams at the quarterback position, all right? All right, let's do it. All right, first one, the Chicago Bears. Best and worst-case scenario at the quarterback position. CC, we'll start with you. Oh, drafting Caleb Williams. That's the best-case scenario, being able to get your trigger man for the next decade. Plus, this is a player that they've compared to Patrick Mahomes in terms of his his style of play, and, and I see it with the improvisation skills, their elite level. He's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but he is elusive. He's great at being able to manipulate the pocket, and he can throw the football to every zone on the football field. Caleb Williams, for me, would be by far and away the best option for the Chicago Bears. Best option is definitely Caleb Williams, but I'll add getting something big in return for Justin Fields. Like, could they get a first-rounder? If there's enough competition, if if Pittsburgh and Atlanta, let's say, are saying we're both in on him. So I'm just going to – because CeCe nailed it on Caleb, obviously. I just had a little footnote of maybe and the first rounder for Justin Williams. Can I, uh, <laughs> Justin Fields, excuse me. I just combined the two Justin guys. Williams. Justin Williams. Justin Williams. I like, Williams. It. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, well, you mentioned Pittsburgh. Did you give the worst case? The worst case is Caleb Williams saying I don't want to play there. <laughs> that's just the worst. I think that's obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Well, you mentioned Pittsburgh. It feels like they're a quarterback away. Best and worst case scenario for the Steelers. Yeah, I would just say I think everybody assumes the best case is Justin Fields. I actually think the best case is Russell Wilson for $10 an hour. Like, I think that's what it is. And worst case scenario is staying put, but specifically with Mason Rudolph, thinking that Mason Rudolph can be your guy because maybe he was good down the stretch. I'd rather have Kenny Pickett as my guy and just take my chance with him over Mason Rudolph. Best case scenario, I actually am going with Russell Wilson and not Justin Fields in that mm-hmm. spot. Uh, I'm going to push back on that one a little bit, Ev. I think best case is Justin Fields just because of the upside. If you go back to what Art Rooney the second said earlier this offseason, they're tired of just getting into the playoffs and then getting bounced early. They want to go on a deep playoff run. I don't know that Russell Wilson is going to be able to deliver that. I think he's good enough to get a team to the postseason. I'm not sure that he's good enough to take the Pittsburgh Steelers on a deep playoff run. Maybe he can do that somewhere else, just not with Pittsburgh. I think that there's there's the potential for Justin Fields to grow into a quarterback that can deliver that. And it might not happen in year one, but I think he has enough runway where you can look to Justin Fields to be a quarterback that can win you playoff games. And so I would say Justin Fields is the best case scenario with the Steelers just based on the upside. All right, next one. What about the Minnesota Vikings? Questions with Kirk Cousins. Best and worst case scenario there. CC kick us off. I'm going to say re-signing Kirk Cousins for, you know, 40 to $45 million a year with around $90 million in guarantees. Anything other than that makes me uncomfortable. But Smalls, it's like you said, the way that that locker room responds to him, the rapport that he has with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, Mm -hmm. that can't be ignored. And I think when you start to see, you know, everybody come back healthy, TJ Hawkinson, that offensive line, that is one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL that doesn't get talked about. So I would say re-signing Kirk Cousins would be the best-case scenario for the Vikes. I think best-case is re-signing Kirk Cousins at a price that makes sense for everybody – or if you miss out getting Russell Wilson on the cheap. I want to just throw out worst-case scenario as well, CeCe. 
Let's play this out for a second. Let's say Cousins does not re-sign there. Let's say Russell Wilson goes somewhere else, and let's say let's say Russell Wilson goes to wherever Justin Fields doesn't go between Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Okay, at that point, if you're Minnesota, do you consider saying, you know what, let's actually blow this thing up? Mm. We're we're in a division that all of a sudden has really good young quarterbacks with Caleb Williams. And Jordan Love and Detroit is still the best team in that division. Do we go the opposite way and start saying, you know what? What's the point of paying Justin Jefferson? We don't have any guys to throw him the football. We still have Jordan Addison on a rookie deal. Maybe we try to get a couple of first-rounders here, Tyreek Hill style, for Jefferson and flip this whole thing around and take a gap year before running it back next year. I'm not trading Justin Jefferson. No way. <laughs> Me either. I'm not trading right. Justin. I'm, I'm not trading Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. That, that is off the board. Yeah. It's not I off the board not for me. Him. I would. Justin I would Jefferson is not growing trees. I'm not trading no him, way. and I'm not going to ask. Here's the other thing. I'm not going to ask him to endure quarterback play like he saw post-Kirk Cousins this year. I'm not going to have Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall throwing on the football anymore. So you know what I'm going to do if I'm Minnesota? I'm going to trade future draft capital if I have to to try to get up into that top three to take a quarterback. That, that's what I'm going to do. That, that's how aggressive I'm going to get. If I'm the Minnesota Vikings, that's what I'm doing. Right now they're at the 10th overall pick. I, I don't know that those top three teams would move off of one of those picks, but I would certainly call and ask about it. And it doesn't matter if it ends up being Caleb Williams, Jaden uh, Daniels, or Drake May. If I can get my hands on one of those guys, that's exactly what I'm doing because of what you said, Ev. You're in a division with Jared Goff and Jordan Love and probably Caleb Williams. I I need a quarterback that can keep pace from a talent standpoint with those dudes, especially with the wide receivers I'm bringing to the party. So, yeah, I get aggressive about trying to find me a young franchise quarterback. A team that's very interesting, the Las Vegas Raiders, best worst-case scenario quarterback for them. I got to be honest with you. I think they are the biggest enigma when it comes to the quarterback position of any of the teams we're talking about. I, I, I would not be surprised if they just kept Aiden O'Connell and said, let's just see if we can make something out of nothing here. Fourth round pick, cheap dollars. Like, Luke Getzey's the offensive coordinator. They're not getting Justin Fields. They were together last year in Chicago. That didn't work out. I can't personally imagine Russell Wilson and Antonio Pierce clicking. Maybe I'm wrong about that. CC obviously knows AP. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to go Salah and play the fifth, but to me, they're an enigma at the quarterback position. I can see them maybe making a run of Baker Mayfield. I'll throw that one out there. Mm. I, I think the Vegas Raiders parallel path this thing. I, I think they go for a bridge quarterback, somebody like Gardner Minshew, and then they look at drafting a quarterback where they're standing right now. I think they have the 12th overall pick. So I think they end up drafting a guy like Michael Penix Jr. or J.J. McCarthy. I think I could see a world where they do that. Maybe they even slide back it before they take that guy. But I could see a world where they parallel path it. They go after a Gardner Minshew in free agency, and they decide that they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round and, and not have him be thrust into, into the starting role day one. I could see that being their path. They keep AOC on the roster as another option in that quarterback room 
but I think there's there are several different quarterbacks that they're going to add to their to their team this year. I think one in free agency and one in the draft. If if you are the Randy Scotts of the world on SportsCenter and you're a Raiders fan and CeCe's plan is Gardner Minshew and number 13 J.J. McCarthy and Aiden O'Connell, I'm good. Like, I'm satisfied with that. Like, that that gives me options that, like, this could potentially work out, that one of these guys will work. I'm good with that if I'm a Raiders fan. I, I guess. It just doesn't seem very sexy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you got options, but how great do you feel about any of those? Well, I don't, At I least mean, right now, you know, there's a lot of question marks there. Gar- Gardner Mitchell plays some good football. I like love Gardner Mitchell. The Colts were flirting with the playoffs this year. So Yeah, no, I like him too, but and, and according to he doesn't Jim Harbaugh, feel like a franchise quarterback. And according to Jim Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy's the top quarterback in the draft. No bias there at all no, with this not guy at all. from Michigan. All right, there's more Q- uh, QB best and worst case scenarios to get to. We will do that uh, over the course of the show on Sportsman Like is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So we'll get more of those QB scenarios. Plus, one of the greatest players ever who's never won doesn't want to go anywhere. We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Losing his running mate in Shohei Otani this winter, is it time for Mike Trout to finally ask for a trade? There might be a time, maybe. I really haven't thought about this, but you know, when I signed that contract, I'm loyal. You know, I want to win the championship here. That's been my mindset. Maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since. The real hammer in this situation is that he has a full no-trade clause, so even if the Angels did want to move him, he would need to be on board with it. Well, he doesn't want to go anywhere, and he is Mike Trout, one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, right? Anybody want to argue that one? No. One of the greatest baseball players to ever live. the numbers bear it out. Uh, Certainly not one of the greatest winners to ever live, not just on him, obviously, especially in a sport like baseball, but Mike Trout, as part of spring training, obviously met with the media yesterday and discussed all of the trade speculation around his name. I think the biggest thing right now is I think the easy way out is just ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe. Uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but you know when I signed that contract, I, I'm loyal. You know I want to win the championship here, and um, 
Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's mainly. I think the 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 overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. So I think that's that's why been my mindset. Maybe down the road if some things change, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculations, you know, came up. So, so that's where I'm at. You know, Mike Trout has accomplished something that no athlete in team sports over the last 20 years has accomplished. He has perfected a way in which we look at someone as a first ballot Hall of Fame iconic player that is one of the greatest players to ever live and us not care at all if he wins. That's not true. Name another player that is... I care if he wins. I swear it does not feel like anyone holds not winning against. Literally, we played, a, we played a clip yesterday from Jay Will about Caitlin Clark not winning. Mike Trout has found a way for no one to care about him. It's unbelievable. We don't ever hold it against this guy that he doesn't win because we don't care enough. We've said about Shohei Otani, he better win this year with the Dodgers. We say it even Kawhi, who who tries hard to get us to not care about him. We actually say, well, this this Clippers team better win at some point. New arena next year, new contract. We don't care at all if this guy doesn't win. I don't believe anyone cares if he doesn't win. I could not disagree more. Because Mm. I think a lot of people care if Mike Trout wins. Now, I don't know if he cares because... Him committed, being committed to the Angels and being committed to winning seem like those are in conflicting places because it doesn't seem like if he's going to want to stay there, which he does, that he's going to be able to win there. But most people that I talk to in baseball, I call him baseball's urban legend because we talk about how great he is. No one's seen it. It's like a mystery. He's like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. How great is he if we've never seen it? It's true. We, we have not seen him on the, on the big stage. It's been 10 years since he's been to the playoffs. He's 33. He's been, he was in the playoffs when he was 23 years old. He's had Albert Pujols there. He's had Shohei Otani there. And not a whiff of winning. Nothing. And I think there's a lot of people in baseball circles that have the conversation of how great can we really think this guy is unless we see it on the big stage. I'm selfish. I want to see him get freed from the Angels because I want to see him have a chance to win because I want to witness him on the big stage with my own eyes. I'm just sitting there thinking about it. You, you, between Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, you got guy, you got five MVPs. Yep. Five league MVPs between the two of them. And, and you can't sniff the postseason. Exactly. That That is wild to me. And, and here's the thing to Smalls' point. You can't tell me as a player that you're prioritizing winning if you're allowing the organization to continue to go through this churn without being able to have some success. Now, at some point as a player – You have to move on. You have to acknowledge, okay, there are limitations to what I can do, to what my greatness can be if I stay in this place because this organization, this owner hasn't been able to figure it out. And and that's no knock on your legacy. As a matter of fact, that's one of those things that would make me want to give you your flowers even more. You're telling me, the sports fan, that you, the player, are prioritizing winning. Like that is the most important thing to you. I, I, I get that you want to do it where you get drafted. I get that you want to do it somewhat on your own terms. But if the organization isn't giving you a chance after you've given them the kind of runway that Mike Trout has given the Angels, then why would you not consider moving on and having a second act at a different place in your career? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I, I hear what Mike Trout is saying, and, and you always have to respect the player's perspective on this one, but I just disagree with where he's coming from. And Smalls, to the to the people that would say his legacy would take a hit if he moved on, 
I would say that's absolutely ridiculous because being in a situation where you can play in the playoffs consistently and have a chance of going on a deep playoff run and getting to a World Series, mm-hmm. that only does more to to put into perspective the kind of player that you've been for the entirety of your career. Can you guys come up with a player, though, that is better at their job with less pressure to win than this guy? You may say there's pressure, Smalls. That's fine. Like, look at what we've done to Lamar Jackson. Look at what we've done to Josh Allen. And comparatively, like, those two guys are great players. There are people that believe that Mike Trout is the best baseball player that has ever lived. Like they, in his prime, he was better than anyone else that has ever lived playing this sport. There is not a person in sports that has less pressure to win at that high of a level than Mike Trout. I oddly respect him for that. He's found a way out of the narrative because we're all talking about rings at all times, and somehow he's found his way out of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a glass case of emotion when it comes to this because I do really appreciate loyalty in sports. I do. I appreciate you committing to a franchise, signing the contract, and seeing it through. It's heartbreaking when your superstars leave your team. But this also gives me big-time Damian Lillard energy. Like, mm. you can only be committed for so long, and you finally wake up one day, and you realize they're not as committed to you as you are to them. And by that, I mean this organization has to be committed to Mike Trout to the level of it doesn't matter what we need to spend or sacrifice. We are going to put the best possible talent around this guy and make sure that we do not waste his career. And right now, his time with the Angels has been an absolute wasteland. That's an interesting comparison about Dame. I, did we, CC? Did we put pressure on him to? I feel like we probably didn't put a ton of pressure on him in Portland to win, right? Like we knew he was great. Yeah, and somehow that's carried over to Milwaukee, where, where there should be pressure to <laughs> right. win, but seemingly there is none. I, I don't know how that that is a good comparison, but I guess to Smalls's point, the fact that you've seen somebody be so loyal to the soil gives them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to winning a championship. So if they get moved in the twilight of their prime toward the end of their career, we don't necessarily hold that against them just because they were the one shining bright spot for a franchise that has been marred in dysfunction. That was the case with Dame in Portland. And it feels like it's the case in a lot of ways with with Mike Trout with the Los Angeles Angels. Think about if in other sports, though, if we had a three-time MVP with limited playoff experience, what we would do to that person. He also doesn't want to be in the spotlight. He rarely talks. Oh, I know. He's, he is successful. Like, I, again, I oddly respect him for this. He has successfully found a way for us to not care about him. I, I, there's, I don't know there's any other athlete that's ever been in our lifetime this good that has actually been this successful at getting us to not care about them at all. But last year, we never even talked about him because it was all about Otani. It was the Shohei Otani show in with the Angels, and Shohei realized that he's not going to be able to win there, so he left and went to the best possible place for him to win, which is the well, Dodgers. Well, $700 million to do that, too. Though. Right, but he could have gotten that <laughs> elsewhere. He could have had a big paycheck with the Angels. They obviously wanted to keep him because they declined to move on from him last year at the trade deadline, and that's another thing. They said, we are going to commit to Shohei. We are not going to move on from him and possibly help our future because we are dedicated to him and dedicated to winning, and what happened? They didn't even see if September, I think they finished 15, game, 15 or 16 games under 500. Even mm. when they say they commit to winning, they can't get it done. You know, Mike Trout's out here saying, I'm, I'm putting pressure on Artie Moreno and the Angels to get more talent to win. And Artie Moreno, Moreno is doing interviews saying that he's going to set the budget lower and shed some of the payroll from well, last Trey season. Trout. 
But I mean, he doesn't want to go I anywhere. Know. I know. It's up to him, too. He has to play an active role in wanting to go somewhere. And it seems like he's really comfortable there, which I can't fault him for. But you also can't say you're committed to winning when the organization is giving you zero signs that they are in the same boat. I keep coming back to, and I know it's different sports, so it's not apples to apples, but I keep coming back to the NFL and how we go crazy on Lamar Jackson, a two-time MVP, for the quote-unquote lack of playoff success. Yeah. I, I thought I was misreading this. Mike Trout has been in the playoffs one time, and in that series, he was one for 12. Yes. Yeah. He's an urban legend. <laughs> Not great. But you know what, Smalls? I'm sitting here thinking about this thing. Maybe this is Mike Trout seeing around the curve, seeing ahead of the curve. I, I just Because if he comes out and demands a trade, all of a sudden, the place that he goes to, there is so much more pressure, and there will be so much more scrutiny on him based uh, in order to perform and produce. But – if he comes out publicly and says he doesn't want to be traded and he wants to stay there, it, it frames it differently if the inevitability is that he gets moved because of where the Angels are at with their program development. If Artie Moreno is true to his word and he wants to shed payroll and he wants to strip this thing down once again, then the obvious move would be moving on from Mike Trout, who's, what, going into his age 32 season? It seems like it would make sense that you would go that direction. And maybe this is Mike Trout saying, I might agree to a trade, but I'm not going to be the one that is pushing the trade. And I think that's a subtle way of framing it differently in terms of how we're going to perceive him for the remainder of his career if, in fact, he does get traded. Quick question for you guys on Trout. We know he's a known Philly sports fan, loves Philly sports, is great with Philly sports, and really yeah. support. If Mike Trout could get traded to the Phillies, do you think oh. he would actually – well, do you think he'd want to? Because they'd have to win immediately. Do you think that's what he would want? Yes. You do? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, p- part of me is hesitant because he's given no indication that that is what he wants. But I can't imagine that you play this game long enough and you don't have a desire to win. He says he has a desire to win, but being with the Angels does not confirm, <laughs> confirm that thought process. But I would love for him to go there. I think it would be amazing. Also, if you really want to be one of the all-time greats, then you need to embrace that pressure. If you go somewhere else and there's all of this pressure on you to win immediately, if you're really that guy, if you really want us to talk about you in that way, then you need to embrace that. But I think we do talk about him that way. That's the amazing part. I think people do talk about him as one of the greatest players to ever live, and he's never embraced what you just said, never wanted you can't, that. You, you, listen, you can be one of the greatest players. See, that's the interesting thing with Mike Trout. That's what makes it so singular, so unique. Yeah. Because the the three MVPs that are out there – and, and and how we judge greatness in today's game. But if you don't have the postseason success, mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're not playing in October consistently and having those moments, I don't know that we're going to put you up there with, with the all-timers. I just He's going to be a future Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about it. But there's levels to this when we, come to, when we start talking about the greatest who have ever done it. And Mike Trout, based on the regular season resume, he should be in that conversation. But the postseason almost excludes him from that club. I'm over it next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello, our producer, gives us items around sports news, entertainment, that he's over, and his life, of course. What do you got, Pat? I love Tiger Woods, and I love seeing Tiger Woods play golf. I don't think I can ever buy into Tiger Woods hype again when he's coming back to a golf tournament. It feels like every time he comes back now, he ends up leaving the golf tournament before it ends. I can't keep buying into it and then just being disappointed. Yeah, Genesis over the weekend had to, uh, what, he played Thursday and then he was done on Friday or Saturday? He played a little bit of Friday and then withdrew with illness. Here's the thing. I understand what you're saying, but I'm sorry to everybody involved. It is infinitely more interesting if Tiger plays one hole. If that's it. Like, he's playing one hole. It's infinitely more. So we're going to still buy in because it's him. Yeah, I'll take the Tiger Woods start, no doubt. Like, it's going to bring extra eyeballs to the game of golf because he's transcended the game of golf. He is a celebrity. He is a star amongst stars. I mean, when you know a guy can go by his last name that's a, and everybody recognizes it, I mean, he can go by his first name and everybody recognizes it, that's all you need to know. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think that Tiger Woods being a part of golf is a great thing. And here's, here's the deal. Like, several years ago when he had that horrific car crash – like we were just glad that Tiger Woods was still alive. The fact that he is able to even start and play in a round of golf is a damn miracle, and, and I'm appreciative every time I see him on a golf course. Yeah, one of the most amazing sports moments I've had in my entire life was getting to watch Tiger compete in the PGA Championship when it was in St. Louis, and he almost won that that um, major. It was right before he won the Masters and had his resurgence. But watching the crowd react to Tiger and follow him around is the single most remarkable thing I've ever seen in sports. He is not just somebody who registers on the Richter scale. He is the Richter scale. And any time that he plays in golf, even if he's withdrawing early, it brings so much more attention to it. So I I hear what you're saying, Pat, but I'll take even a little bit of Tiger rather than no Tiger at all. I I don't, I don't need the logo though. The new, the new, the new, I don't love it either. The new, yeah, I don't. Sun Sunday, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't need, I don't need that. I'm good on that. Next one, Pat. Climbing Mount Everest has become a joke. It's just (laughs) rich people just do it now because they want like a fun weekend. It's insane (laughs) to me. Like it used to be like one of the biggest challenges in the world. Now you see pictures and there's like a thousand people standing there, like ready to climb Mount Everest. What happened to these challenges that used to be so important to us? Yeah. I am not big on these things. Like, we've seen too many things go wrong. I don't understand why people... The adventurous type, I don't get it to that level, right? Like, and I understand Michelle. what you're... Yeah, Michelle's an outdoors person all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but I, I, we've seen so many of these people do these crazy things, and I'm just like, why? Why do we have to do this? What did I say? The free base? Free, what do you call the free base? Oh, my gosh. But what is it actually called? Free, free solo. Free solo climbing. Yeah, yeah, those people, like, they're crazy. Why do you have to do this? There has to be other ways of satisfying your competitive juices than that. Yeah, but just because 
Hold on. We need to go back to this. That Pat is saying that climbing Mount Everest is somehow overrated. It's easy now. They made it. They then made climbing Mount Everest don't easy. Go do it. Go well, do I don't it. have any money, Evan. I'm, I would if I had the money. Why would do you, you need really? so much money to climb would Mount you, Everest? If you had the money, if the trip was funded for you, would you climb Everest? Well, yeah. You, you're you going to pay for it? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we could get a sponsorship for that. Pat goes to Everest. Would you do I'm over it from Everest? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. From the top of Everest. Pat, you, yeah. you got I, sick going out and making a snow angel yeah. in Bristol. You want to go to Mount Everest now? Yeah, I get up no problem. You get up no problem? Yeah, it's super easy now. Look it up. Look at the lines at Mount Everest. It's crazy. Nuno, yeah, I mean, can people, we send him? Uh, no, no, we're not sending yeah, Pat no. to Mount Everest. I actually like having Pat on our show, and I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. So, no, we're not sending Pat to Mount Everest. And furthermore, I don't, I don't understand the people that decide they want to saddle up and try to climb a mountain that's 29,000 feet. I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. They don't have enough going on. I'm a black man in America. I got enough adventure in my life. I'm a hard pass <laughs> on going out there to try to climb Mount Everest. I'm not free soloing. I'm not base jumping. I'm not bungee jumping. Uh, I'm not skydiving. I'm not doing none of that stuff. Okay. I'm not doing none of that. I, I, I actually like my life, so I'm cool. So friend of the show, Chris Long has his water boys foundation, the water yep. boys organization, and they climb Mount Kilimanjaro to raise money for water boys. So maybe we could somehow find a way for Pat to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with Chris Long and water boys. And it could be towards charity. Thoughts here. Pat, what do you think? Nah, it's Everest or bust for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Kelly's out. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do Everest, right? Yeah, I'll uh, you on that, Pat. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest NASCAR guy, but I, I was tapped into the Daytona 500 because it's, it's a big event. It's fun to watch. It was the most disappointing ending of anything I've ever seen in my life. I'm not sure how much you guys paid attention to this, but it ended under caution, which was like... You're watching this exciting last lap, and then there's a crash, and they're just like, oh, that guy won. I was like, wait, what? That's how it ends? Like, there's <laughs> there's no ending to this? It's like ending on a penalty in football or something. You're just like, that's how the game's going to end? It was insane. William right. Byron is the one who won it, the 24 Chevrolet. Um, it's funny you actually say it, ending on a penalty, like because the NFL literally is smart enough to outlaw that. You can't end on a defensive penalty, right? They have actually has, have a rule about that. Uh, Monday, Daytona 500. Not exactly um, the number one thing for me yesterday. I got to be no, honest. No, no. It was really that. good. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't. It just and it, you yeah. can hear William Byron with our friends Carlin versus Joe at 12:30 today. Nice. Oh, yeah. Hello. To be clear, I'm not blaming him. I mean, it's just the rule. The rule is just insane to me. There is an interesting story about William Byron. We're going to get to later, but I will tease it as um, he didn't grow up on the track, but he grew up driving. Listen to what I just said. He didn't grow up on the track, but he grew up driving. Okay. Well, like forklifts? Just saying. We'll get to that. What Anything a tease. else? What a tease. Uh, loud cars and motorcycles. I might have done this one before, but I was up very late last night because a guy in my neighborhood was revving his engine until one in the morning, and I wanted to throw a rock at him, but I didn't have any rocks nearby. Why would he be revving his engine I don't, until 1 a.m.? This is my question, Michelle. What's the what, point? What are you doing? Go to bed. Was he in the parking lot, Pat? He was in like a street nearby. I couldn't totally see him. I could just hear him, and it was driving me insane. I have my neighbor. She's like 90. Nice lady. She got a new dog. That dog is the loudest barker I've ever heard in my life, and clearly it's not trained. The loud noises at night, regardless of where they're coming from outside of your home, drive you absolutely insane. 
whether it's a dog or whatever, Pat, Pat, all of a sudden it's Fast and the Furious in his backyard, which I don't understand. <laughs> where are you living, Pat? Every story about your apartment has made me scratch my head even more. Like, where do you? Where is this? We need to get Pat it's out terrible. of this apartment, obviously. My God. We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.